everybody. Welcome to the bonus episode of Winners and Winers Radio. This time, Scott and I are going to be doing it NFL style. He is Scott Reichel. I am Scott Steen. We are the handicappers from over at winnersandwiners.com. We are a couple of the handicappers from winnersandwiners.com. Scott, how are you? Overall, doing okay. Uh, I took the Friday off in terms of plays. Instead, I did a UFC play instead. So, of course, recording this on Friday night. Uh, just chilling, watching college football, watching the Yankees have a lead, and we'll see if they blow it. So we'll see what happens. Good, good deal. It's uh, yeah, it should be uh, it should be an interesting weekend for football, NFL, and college. And hey, Scott, you like those home dogs? I've heard home dogs is the is the place to be in the NFL, man. I did read that somewhere that underdogs did pretty well. Well, we've got a few this week, so let's get to the card. This time we're going to do all the games. We're not even going to skip one like we did last week. Uh feel like it's probably a good thing we squ- we skipped that game in the end. Yeah, that was that, that was probably true. So, yeah, let's get rolling here. Once again, we will do them in rotational order. So we're going to start with the Texans traveling to take on the Cleveland Browns. And Scott, right out of the gate, we've got the biggest spread on the board as the Browns are a 13-point home favorite. 48 is your total. Now, this Browns offense absolutely... Pretty much imposed their will on the Chiefs last uh, last week for about mm, three-plus quarters. And then they went cold when they needed it most. So Texans surprising a few people, I guess, in the toilet bowl there in the week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tyrod Taylor looked like an actual quarterback, or Tyrod Taylor, if you prefer the 2021 pronunciation. So is 13 too many? I don't think so. I know if you want to make the argument for last week, Houston looked really good. This line is basically daring you to overreact to week one. Right. It's hoping that the public is going to look at the Texans, kill an awful team, and think, you know, this Texans team, not that bad. Cleveland, how are they going to cover? And the answer is because Cleveland almost beat arguably the best team in the league. This Cleveland team's very good. Houston, we know for a fact, is not good is the win total for them was, I believe, four going into the year. So nobody thinks the team's good. They were awful against the run last year. That hasn't changed. In fact, they actually lost J.J. Watt during the offseason. So the run defense should be hypothetically worse. I'm assuming Chubb's going to run wild behind that offensive line. I don't expect much pressure being generated from Houston's pass rush. So I'm expecting Cleveland to pretty much do whatever it wants offensively. And defensively, Yes, Cleveland struggled against Kansas City. That's Mahomes. I think they'll be able to contain Tyrod Taylor here. I'll go with Cleveland. I think they'll win by 14-plus. You? I'm going to go the other way. I'm, go- I'm going to overreact, Scott. Uh, actually, actually, I'm going to look at this Cleveland offense that's got a couple of dings on the offensive line. Jedrick Willis and J.C. Treader are both questionable. Have you seen the, no- the new commercial with uh, Jedrick Willis, by the way? I don't think it's very funny, but I've seen it. You don't, you don't like it buying back his own shoulder pads? I think it's okay, but they're they're trying way too hard with right. that series. I think I've called him Willis. It's Wills, but yeah. So they're trying way too hard with yeah. the Baker commercials. I yeah, I, I like that whole series. I think it's funny. But yeah, they're fine. I'm just saying they they it, you don't have to show it because I know I'm going to see that commercial at least three times every 20 minutes. Yeah, they 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 do put them in heavy rotation, sir. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm, I'm going to take the points. I think Terod Taylor. Average NFL quarterback, Scott. Can we call him in the can, can we call him in the fifteen to eighteen range? No, no. Nope. If he was, he Maybe. wouldn't be jumping around teams as a backup. So I'm going to assume he's somewhere between 
I don't think he's that bad, so I'll go 20 to 28. But if you're an average quarterback, then you wouldn't be benched every time another team finds somebody better. Well, I mean, he's lost his. I'm just saying, he's he's, he's lost his job him. to pretty good quarterbacks, Scott. He lost his. He did, and he also had a doctor inject him, and you know, right, it was a whole ridiculous situation itself. But I'm trying to think of Taylor's biggest run, which was with the Bills, I guess. Right. I never thought he was a top 15 guy. I, I always thought he was somewhere in the middle 20s. Okay. He's fine. I just you know think that there's upside elsewhere, but he looked good week one against arguably the worst defense in the league. All right. Um, I think the, uh, I think it has to stay, it has to stay low. If the, if the Texans are going to have a shot, I'm going to correlate it out with an under. So that's why I'm looking at the over. I just think Cleveland's going to end up going into this game and potentially score 35. It's certainly possible. It's certainly possible if they can't stop the run, that is a, a definite possibility. Hey, and, and I said, further, and for the record, by the way, no, I'm not concerned. Odell's not going to play because he didn't play in week one and Cleveland moved the ball pretty well. Right. Injuries don't concern you. Uh, the offensive line does because I think that's important, but I maybe it's just a hunch. I one of the two offensive linemen that you mentioned are going to play. One guy to keep an eye on for that matchup, maybe for a player prop or some guy that you might think might be cheap in DFS. I really, really like that Schwartz guy out of Auburn who they started using a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Speedster, absolute trackster. And I know that he had 60 something receiving yards, he had a carry for 17 yards. I think that he can make a big play happen in this game, but. I do think that Mayfield looked pretty comfortable before the awful interception in the fourth quarter. Chubb's going to run the ball down their throats. Hunt looked really good in week one. I just don't see what's going to get stops if they're going to be manhandled on the defensive line. I just I just don't know that they're going to be manhandled as badly as you think. That's, that's I think they thing. might. Well, you, then again, because you might be factoring in the offensive lineman being out, and that does play a factor. By the way, Schwartz is questionable for this game as well. So you Yes, may, but we he was limited in practice on Thursday, so I'm assuming he's going to play because he practiced said, on Thursday. You said he was but, limited? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't you – know, that's. At not, least he showed up. Okay. They didn't hold him out for Thursday, so that's definitely a step. Uh, we'll see. It could be one of those situations where they think they don't really need him, but, you know, you start to get a little thin there at uh, – I'm assuming he'll wide play receiver. because Odell's out, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, and we'll see how fa- effective he is if he if he does start, because they're going to be down pretty much, Scott, to Peoples Jones, Landry, and Rashard Higgins if he doesn't play. I think he's going to play, but okay. that is true. All right, very good. They also rotate about three tight ends in there, but yes. Hey, I said we we're going to go in order. Then I started with the wrong game. I had, had That's one, what I thought. Had I one at the top of my sheet. Yeah. skipped the game. We did. We stayed, we we actually have the first game on your sheet is going to be the Saints on the road at the Panthers. It's one of those home dog situations we talked about. The first of many Saints three-point road favorites. 44.5 is the number right here. Uh, Saints looked really good last week. Uh, Panthers looked okay. Uh, Saints are, uh, pretty much manhandled the second or third best team in the NFL, something like that, top five for sure. And the Panthers, they manhandled the Jets, who are not a top five team in the NFL. They didn't actually manhandle them. They had a nice win, but... Sometimes Darnold looked like new Darnold. Sometimes he looked like old Darnold. What are we going to get this week, Scott? I'm taking the Panthers on the money one, okay. which is my relatively hot take in this one. I think Carolina is going to cover. Now, besides the fact that everyone is now overrating the Saints because of one phenomenal performance, can we talk about the fact that the Saints lost about eight guys yesterday and about seven coaches? Yeah, that's uh, that that is going to really probably sting. And, uh, what do you got there? What do you, who you got on that list? 
well, I see Marcus Davenport's out. You got Quan Alexander, good linebacker. He's on IR. Seven coaches are out for COVID protocol. I'm not going to say that all the coaches are going to matter. Lattimore might play, might not play. That's also important to keep in mind. But if you're going to be missing most of your coaching staff, seven coaches, a decent amount, and you're missing a couple of players there and you're on the road for the second straight week, I do think that people, the public especially, are going to slam New Orleans because of what happened last week. And I think this might be the game where the public gets killed because I do think that first glance, Carolina beat the Jets by five. New Orleans beat the Packers in Jacksonville by 35, and yet the spread's three and a half. So they're basically, the way I'm looking at it, they're daring the public to take the Saints. I'm not falling for it. I'm going to take Carolina. I think you're. I think you're really onto something. I, I don't know that I how much stock I put in the in the whole coaching situation. I don't know that that matters that much. I mean, my God, they have. But worst case you know, is it's definitely a distraction you have to deal with. That's that's definitely true. It's it's definitely something that's going to have to be getting. Uh, you have to get used to it. Now I'm just not a fan of the headlines that are going on. See, and I don't I don't really care about a lot of what you said, but the the wow, thing, Ouch. <laughs> the, right, right in the field as far wow. as the, as far as this game goes, but. What does concern me is the fact that New Orleans is going to be without their center, Eric McCoy. And that could be a problem because Cesar Ruiz is the backup center. Of course, he's also the starting uh, left, uh, right guard, rather. So then you've got to completely rejigger your offensive line. That always makes for a fun time. And honestly, Scott, whether I play this game or not, it's going to come down to the fact uh, what happens to Lattimore. And on Friday night, we just can't make the call whether he's going to play or not. We just, at this point, do not know. And that, that is, is true, but men- huge. Mentioning the fact that the center is out for New Orleans, I know the Jets' offensive line is awful. Carolina did get six sacks in week one. Right. So they can pressure the passer. And if you think that the offensive line is going to be compromised – then I do personally believe New Orleans is going to struggle a little bit, especially since they ran the ball really well against Green Bay. Winston had five touchdowns. He still only had about 150 passing yards. Right. One of them was a huge pass to Deontay Harris. But the point is, is that I think if Carolina can get after the quarterback or simply just get into the backfield, New Orleans is going to struggle offensively more than people think. Yeah, this is a Saints team that had an almost two-to-one mix as far as running plays to passing plays, ran the ball 39 times last week, passed to just 21. So, and and they weren't great. They were they were fine. They averaged like four and a half, four four point four yards per carry, which I'm going to say is pretty close to the NFL average, probably 4.2, I think, is NFL average. So not an outstanding running game. They did do a good job shutting down the Green Bay running game. And then your next question would be, what Green Bay running game uh, exactly? Uh, oh, they did a nice job with Jones. And of course, you know, they became a non-factor after they got down early. But uh, the problem that I see, Scott, is the Saints just got to Rodgers one time. They well, they also didn't, though, that was part of the game plan, though. They chose to go coverage and rush at default. Well, if you, I mean, let's face it. If you're going to have success in the NFL, you're going to have to get to the quarterback with, with four rushes. If if you have that is, to, that is that's a fair point, and you're also losing Davenport for this game. Right, right. So yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with you. I'll I'll play the home dog in this situation. I'll take the Panthers. I also think points are going to be at a premium. I'm going to play the uh, under in this game because uh, it's ca- it's cashed the last four time. Uh, Panthers are six and one of the under after a win. Saints are seven and zero oh, their last seven after allowing less than fifteen points. So their good defense tends to run in bunches. I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, 17-14, something like that. Well, part of the reason why I think Carolina's going to cover is because I think they'll do a pretty good job dealing with New Orleans' offense. So, 
way I see it, low scoring, ugly game. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure if the Saints cover or the Saints win handily, then the public's going to make out like bandits. Sure. But I think we would agree that line after week one does seem extremely fishy. Well, this is this is kind of the overreaction bowl, Scott. Now, does, are you going to choose to re- overreact to the Panthers beating a horrible Jets team? You're going to choose to overreact for the New Orleans Saints having the number of the Green Bay Packers for one game. So one That's of those perceptions thing. is thing, going those to be wrong. Reactions from the actual betters, but the market itself is forcing you to take a stance on how much you're going to overrate the Saints. That's right. Yes. It's three and a half. If, based on the last week, the Saints should be, what, minus five and a half, minus six? You would think. You know, I think, if, and of course, if it was a home game, obviously, that would that would be the line. You've got it. Uh, okay, let's call it three and a half. I, it's about half and half in my, on my grid. About half the places have three. About half the places have three and a half. It seems extremely low after week one, so I think it's low for a reason. Give me right. Carolina. All right, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Panthers in the points as well. And again, I'm going to play the under you on that one. Yep, I agree. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm just marking your picks down here, buddy. All good. All right, so we hit the we already did the Texans Browns. Let's go to the Bengals and the Bears. The bees square off. The Bears are the home team here. Two and a half point favorite, Scott. That would indicate that the odds makers think. These teams are about equal as far as quality goes. You buy that assessment? I think that it's a fair assessment because Cincinnati went into the season as a clear bottom feeder in the division. And just because they beat Minnesota, who some people liked, I know we weren't exactly thrilled with Minnesota going into the season, but Chicago, I said this before when we went through the early lines on the radio show, I got to go with Cincinnati here. I said before the season started, I would fade Chicago every time Dalton started. Okay. So far, I'm 1-0. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I said I recommended the money line on Tuesday or whenever we ended up doing the. I believe it was Tuesday. And I said straight up, money's going to come in on Cincinnati because nobody wants to back Andy Dalton and the Bears. And that's exactly what happened because it wasn't even the offense that was the problem with the Rams. They couldn't stop anybody. And if the Bears are known for having a good defensive team, that, and the defense is able to overcome the offensive shortcomings, but your defense is also bad. I'm not sure where the Bears have an advantage if you think that the defense isn't as good as it used to be and the offense is still underwhelming. Well, I think they can stop the running game of Joe Mixon. That's that's what I think. They they did a nice job for for all the problems that their the defense had last week against the Rams. They did a nice job stopping the run, giving up just 3.2 yards per carry and 23 totes. So. I think they have the ability to slow that running game down of Cincinnati. And can they get to Burrow, though? That, I'm if not they, sure. If they can't run, they can get to Burrow. If you don't have to respect the run as much, you can get to Burrow. If you make if you make Burrow throw throw on two out of three plays, you absolutely those Bears pin their ears back and come after him. I'm going the other way, buddy. I'm trying to think of how many times Stafford actually got pressured last week. Wasn't many. Uh, it seemed like he had a clean pocket a lot, didn't it? Yep, and I think Burrow's going to do well. They got, at the they, end of the day, it's mostly just expecting a hideous offensive game by Chicago. I think Cincinnati's going to be in it at the end, so I'll go with the money line. I'll take the plus money. Okay, I'll lay that short price at home. I'll lay the, I'll lay the two and a half. And I've got this game as an ugly uh, slugfest as well. I've got it under 44 and a half. I got the under. I, I see this game being 23-20. Okay. Well, that's a little too close for my taste, but... Uh, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, then again, 44 and a half, 45 is a little low unless you think Chicago scores 17 or so, or yep. even Cincinnati in this case for the under. But I do think that total is too high. All right. Now, one of these two teams is a liar, Scott, is the Raiders head to the Steel City to take on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the home favorite, minus six and a half, 47 is the consensus total across the board. Raiders coming on a short week, traveling to the Eastern time zone. Does that matter to you? Yeah, I like Pittsburgh. Okay. I said I like Pittsburgh on Tuesday. I thought more about this game, of course. The news came out that Josh Jacobs is out. So you're going to be seeing a lot of Kenyon Drake in there. Do I think that's a big deal? Not really. I know Jacobs had a couple touchdowns on Monday night, but you can tell he was clearly at, what do you think, 60% in that game? Somewhere around there probably, yeah. He, he was constantly coming out. He came back in. They were they were rotating anyway, so that's not a big deal. I still have serious question marks about the Vegas receiving core because their number one and number two receivers did nothing until about the last five minutes of the fourth quarter right. onward. And it's a short week. I get that you want a really, really nice first-ever game with fans in Vegas, but you're going from a dome stadium and warm climate to Pittsburgh. That's usually a tough trip for the West Coast teams. I'll take Pittsburgh. Well, it's, and it's, I, like, I like the under as well. It's September, so I don't think we're going to have a ton of snow. I mean, Maybe not necessarily cold, but I'm just saying playing outdoors. The indoor teams typically play badly outdoors. Well, that's true. Although, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we can quite classify the Raiders as an indoor team yet. I mean, they've been there for a year and a game, so. A uh, year and a game, though. Okay, okay. Um, you know. You can take the Raiders, but I just find the short week extremely troubling. No, there's a lot of factors working against the Raiders here. Now, I've, I've got the, I've got the Steelers for sure. I I think, and I and I think it's going to be a uh, I think there's going to be a lot of passing. I think the Raiders are going to be struggling to catch up. I think it's going to go over the total. There's certainly nothing about that Raiders defense that scared me. See, it's an, I agree with you, but the issue I have with the over is the fact that you have to rely on Big Ben to actually push the ball downfield, and I know that he was somewhat efficient, if that's the word you want to use against Buffalo. A lot of checkdowns, a lot of quick passes because he's got no arm anymore. So I, I, I can't really take an over of one quarterback's going to throw the ball five yards at a time in the air. Yeah, 5.9 yards per attempt, not, not, a, not a great look for Big Ben. But then again, they were able to shut down Josh Allen even more than that. I just, for some reason, I just think it's going to open up and I think the Raiders are going to be for, forced to push it. Maybe they'll try to get a pass to Waller. That'd be weird. I'm curious if he'll end up with 19 targets or 35 God. in this week. All right, back to the home dogs. So you've got the under there, right? Yeah, I, right. I got to take the under, okay. in my opinion. And you've got... Uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, and you got the Steelers. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep track of both, of both of our picks here. All right, so Bill's heading to Miami. Uh, three and a half point road favorites. 47 and a half is the total Bill's disappointing late loss last week. The Dolphins... Hung on by the skin of their fins, and uh, we're able to pick up the victory against the New England Patriots. How do you see this one? So on the early lines, I said slam Buffalo, because I believe at the time it was minus three, and I knew money would come in on Buffalo, so I kind of wanted that half point. It's at three and a half in some spots, juice three at others. I still like Buffalo. I know Miami won week one against New England, probably should have lost on that fumble by New England with about two minutes to go, but... Tua looked okay, if that's the word you want to use. I mean, he's not the kind of guy who's going to be able to get into a shootout and win. He's more of a game manager who's going to try to avoid 
making serious mistakes besides that brutal interception in the fourth quarter. I guess the thing that I have to look at is Buffalo fared really well against this team last year. And Buffalo, of course, with Josh Allen, even though they got shut down by Pittsburgh, this offense is still an elite unit in the league. And I have a hard time believing that if Buffalo scores 27 points, maybe even 30-something points in this game, that Miami can keep up. I'm going with Buffalo. Yeah, I think you have to. I just honestly don't see where the yards are going to come from from this Miami offense going up against a what I think is still a pretty darn good Buffalo defense. You know, that game got weird last week with the block punt and kind of got out of hand. So it, it reminded me in a lot of ways of the of the Kansas City-Cleveland game where one team pretty much had it in hand all the way through, had problems punting the ball, and then a late turnover and Bob's your uncle. That's how good teams end up beating you. But Miami, I think this is the team that is on the come. I think they're going to be a good team perhaps fairly soon, but I'm not sure we're quite there yet. I think that's still a good number with the Bills at three and a half. I'll play the, uh, I'll play the, the road team there as well. And I find the total extremely tricky. This is one of the most difficult totals for me on the board because I think Buffalo is going to cover, so I think they might score 30-something. And in that case, it's pretty tough to take an under. Having said that, I'm assuming Miami's game plan is to try to control the clock and keep Allen off the field. I'm going to go with the over because I really just think Buffalo is going to bounce back offensively. Miami's defense is good. It's not Pittsburgh good. So I think Buffalo probably drops 28 to 33 points in this game. Okay. You? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to play I'm going to play the under. I think I'm I'm seeing this one more. 24-17 trying to final. I think Buffalo scoring more than more than that, so we'll okay. see. But once again, as I said before, it's a pretty tough total in my opinion. Got to have the ball to score, buddy. Uh, they're going to try to Miles Gaskin and company is going to try to eat that clock. I don't know how successful they're going to be. So I've, I've just seen Buffalo air out that defense multiple times in the last year or so. I don't really have faith in Miami's defensive game plan for this one. Fair enough. Rams at Colts. Rams road favors three and a half points. Forty eight is your total. Almost identical to that other game. Rams looked really good on Sunday night. Scott, is it time to overreact and just hand the NFC crown to the LA boys? So that's the thing is that this game's exactly the same as the New Orleans Carolina game from a spread perspective. It's three and a half. One team looked fantastic. The other team looked awful. And I said, I liked Carolina. However, in this case, I like the Rams. And the reason why there's a difference, the COVID aspect for the saints kind of put it over the ledge for me on why I like Carolina in the spot. Indianapolis, whether they have a midseason hard knocks or not, they're not very good at football. And I know that it's still early, but the receiving core is an absolute mess. Their number one receiver is who right now? I mean, based on production, you could argue Zach Pascal. You can make an argument for Pittman, who did basically nothing in week one. You can make an argument for Paris Campbell, who also did nothing in week one. I mean, the leading two receiver uh, receivers for – the Colts in week one were Naheem Hines and Jonathan Taylor, who were both running backs. Right. So I don't exactly trust the receiving core. Wentz, I thought, was okay, not great. Still takes some brutal sacks at times. And Indianapolis' offensive line is not as good as we thought it was going to be into the season, mostly because of injury. But the point is, the Rams, I just think, are the much better team here. Stafford, I think, is going to find open guys. Wilson torched this defense, and I know that Wilson's a great player. But I do think Stafford is good enough with this receiving core to throw at least two, three touchdowns. I'll take the Rams. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. You know, and I, I really, it really kind of irks me to see all the home dogs and really not like 
any of them but uh, that's the point I'm, I'm trying to pick some spots here but right, at the end of the day, you can, right you can you can look at the home dogs in week one and say well i got to keep back in the trend until it fails me right or you have the other option which is well that's not sustainable i got to assume the, the road favorites cover the second time around yeah. so there's multiple ways to look at trends most people try to back them i tend to try to back them too but I'm just judging each game independently. Yeah, I kind of keep them in the back of my mind, but you you can't get carried away with that because, you know, at the end of the day, past performance does not indicate future performance. So, yep. and this is like, you touched on it. This is still a banged up offensive line. You know, they're, they're likely going to get Fisher and Nelson back, but they've got Braden Smith now at a right tackle. He's out. They're also banged up on the receiving core, Scott, in, in, in addition to not being great uh ty hilton of course is out right ty hilton's out but campbell and Pittman are both are both uh, on the injured list this week so you know they'll probably go because it's the nfl it's the second week that's what they do but it's worth noting that they may not be 100 percent. so i'm uh I'm, I'm gonna ride with you there as far as the rams go. I, mean, I, I think this prop, i think this rams is a really the, good just team. take the over on heinz receptions because i don't know who else they're gonna throw the ball to yeah I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of with you there, and I, it's probably what four and a half, something like that. Probably, but Hines just got paid an extension where he's a top ten paid running back in the league, which is ridiculous, by the way, because they're going to have to pay Taylor at some point. But the Colts want to use him a lot. They used him a lot in Week One. I'm expecting with that pass rush, Wentz is going to dump the ball off a fair share amount. All right, what do you got as far as the total goes? I'm going to look at the under. It's mostly about Indianapolis. The thing is that we met, we roasted the receiving core for this team. We know Wentz isn't very good, at least at this stage in his career with all the injuries, and they want to run the ball. So I don't know how Indianapolis is going to attempt to win this game unless they just dominate time of possession. I'm expecting a bunch of handoffs, a bunch of milking clock, and a bunch of dump-off passes trying to lead long, long drives. So for me, I'm going with the under mostly just because I don't think the Colts are going to reach 20 in this game. So I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, it's really it's really hard to see who is going to uh who's going to be able to to take care of business and tote the rock. I mean, and, and give them enough opportunity to score. Now, are you troubled with the fact that the Rams gave up over 5 yards per carry against against a team with not a great running attack in the Bears? Well, I'm going to say that that wasn't a big issue because the first carry went for 40. And then after that, things kind of settled down. So there was an outlier with the first carry. Now I know that it wasn't ideal, but I do think that'll give the coaching staff something to work on for week two. You still have Aaron Donald, of course, who can single-handedly shut down a running game by himself in the middle. I just don't really see the Colts having much success because even with Fisher and Nelson back, are they a hundred percent? Probably not. Right. That's that's the question because those guys were both out. So, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. I think this Rams team is very good. I agree. Uh, I would play I would play that up to almost six probably. Do you think Ramsey's taking a nap this week knowing knowing he's going to be guarding Zach Pascal instead of like an actual superstar wide receiver for once? You got to you got to really wonder, right? Yeah, I mean, you're going up against Allen Robinson, you got a couple of great receivers, DeAndre Hopkins in your division. And it's like, by the way, you're going to guard Zach Pascal this week. It's like, all right, sure. Never heard of her. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, we've got the 49ers traveling to take on the Eagles. 49ers minus three. 49 and a half is the total there, Scott. 
What do in you... the early line, I liked Philly plus three and a half. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's gone now because apparently a lot of people agreed with me because it's down to three. I'm still going with Philly uh, plus the points here. I'm taking the home dog. San Francisco's injuries are too concerning to me. You're missing now the linebacker at the pick six in week one. You're missing Verrett, who's out for the year. Mostert is out for the year offensively. I know Mitchell did a good job filling in, but you might see a bit of Trey Sermon. You might see a couple of things going on. So they might run backfield by committee, but I think Mostert's just a very talented player. I don't think any running back has the ceiling that he had. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game because Philly's defense was good against Atlanta, but as I mentioned before, Atlanta's just absolutely brutal. So I'm going to go with the over. I think Garoppolo actually aired it out pretty well. I think they're going to throw the ball. I think Philly's going to have some success, and I think you're going to see a somewhat high-scoring game. I think Philly might win the game, but I see at least 51 points here. Okay, I'm with you. I think that that this is a San Francisco team that's going to want to throw the football. I just – I don't know how much trust – I have in Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon to uh, to pick up the slack for Mostert. Um, yeah, and, and then you know honestly, I know you like San Francisco earlier in the week, but I'm not sure if you. I, I did. No, I have I have reconsidered with the injury situation. There's just too many guys banged up on the defensive side of the ball for me. You know, and this this could be a very very bad pick, by the way, Scott. This could, this could turn out terribly for us. Um, I started by saying Carolina money line. I'm past that already. I'm just, I'm just saying the picks and I'm going to live with the consequences. Okay, fair enough. I'm uh, I'm going to go ahead and ride with you on both of those. I've got the Eagles plus the three, and I will play the over forty nine and a half. I think there's going to be a, I think there's going to be a, few, a fair amount of balls in the air. Cool. All right, Broncos minus six at the Jags. Forty five is the number. Scott, talk me out of taking the Broncos. Is that a challenge? Tell or? me I'm tell me I'm telling me I'm I'm tell me I'm overreacting. I think you're overreacting to the fact that Urban Meyer might leave. No, I'm joking. He's not actually going to leave. <laughs> that was that was a ridiculous uh, situation going on there. He's not going anywhere. He's one game into his career, but the Jaguars stick. We went into week 1 and I know eventually I ended up siding with the Jaguars, but I wasn't thrilled with it. I believe we disagreed on how bad this Jacksonville defense was going to be. You thought they'd be not god-awful. I thought they'd be slightly below average, right? I thought they were the worst defense in the league. And through one a week, it looks like we're closer to my side than yours. Because that defense is awful. I think and that I think that Houston offense is just way too good. I, Tyrod Taylor slinging it to Rod. <laughs> I mean, he's ready to go. But that's the thing, though, is that if if Taylor torched this team, why can't Teddy Bridgewater do the same thing? Now, Judy's out, which is going to hurt, but you still have other options. You still have Sutton, who I know wasn't that involved in week one. I'm curious what his uh, progression is going to be recovering from that knee because he played, but he wasn't really a, an impact guy. Tim Patrick, I think's okay. Hamler's okay. They still have two really good tight ends. Uh, they have Alberto and Mont, of course, and Alberto. That's a pretty solid duo there. Yep. At the end of the day, I just think that Trevor Lawrence, who threw three picks against Houston's defense, is going to do rookie things. Shocker. He's going to force passes. Some of them are going to be stupid. And I think Von Miller is going to sack him a couple of times. So I think Denver's going to win. I have a two pick that I gave out earlier in the week. And one of those picks, spoiler alert, is Denver Moneyline. So I think Denver is going to win the game, of course. I think Jacksonville is going to finish last in the division. And I think they might win three games. So I'm taking Denver. Would you say Denver Moneyline? 
I, I said in a two pick parlay, oh one God. of the picks I gave out was Denver money one. Was it like minus three twenty? Uh, no, I believe it was two fifty when oh, I when I gave it out. Really stepping out on the ledge there, Vegas Dave. Nice job. I said two picks okay. came out to plus. Hey, listen, you can roast me, but the two pick came out to plus money. So not my problem. What's the other one? You got you got the Browns? Uh no, I actually got the Patriots. Okay. All right. I've got the I've got the under here too. I think just one team scores. They make it they make it close. It could it could be it could be thirty five seven, but I think You said you got the under too. I never said I had the under. No, I've got I've got the under in in addition to taking the oh, Broncos. Okay, cool. I, no. Cool. What do you I got have? the over. Okay. I, I just think Jacksonville's defense is so bad that I, I just think the Jacksonville Jaguars might just be a dead over team. It's not like the Cowboys because the Cowboys offense is elite and the defense is awful. The Jaguars defense is somehow worse than Dallas's defense and they're both terrible. And Lawrence in garbage time, it's a beautiful thing, man. Garbage time is so good for overs. And I just think that you're going to see Denver coast early. And then I think eventually, kind of like the Giants game, Daniel Jones will throw the ball around. You'll see a bunch of big, big plays. And Lawrence, I think, is good enough with that receiving core to connect on a couple of big plays when it doesn't matter. I'll look at the over. All right, Patriots minus six against the Jets. You did not get plus money on the two minus six. Did you really? Yeah, that's why I took it. I got Patriots money line. Well, then again, I took it earlier in the week, so the line has moved. You got plus money on minus 240 and minus 240? I got plus 104, I believe. It's in It's in the playlist if you want to look at my Scott Selections playlist. I yeah, had it written I'll, down. I'll be getting it on right Fox on Bet. Okay. I can actually look at it right now uh, if you want me to get back to you on that. But I, I, anyway, I'll let you go first on this actual game. Well, again, you've got another situation with a home dog and a terrible, terrible team as, as, as the home team, Scott. Um, you know what? You're taking a spin? Yeah, I am. I am. A very, very small lean. I think maybe uh, then I've got Belichick against a rookie quarterback. I cannot be overstated how important that angle actually is. I can't do it. I can't do it. I was close. I, I just... Ugh. Okay. Cool. By the way, I checked that the two pick was plus 102. And what were the, and what was the two sets of odds? I had uh, Broncos money line and Patriots money line. No, but what, what were they? You, don't know, oh, you didn't write that down? Uh, that I did not do. I wrote down the parlay, and then the odds shifted. Okay. But point is, is that, uh, yeah... I like the Patriots in the spot, obviously. The Jets struggled a lot against Carolina offensively. Zach Wilson got sacked six times, and now Mekhi Becton, their best offensive lineman, is out for the immediate future. You look at everything else, Jets had a touchdown to cut it to one possession with about two minutes to go, so they had a nice eight points through about three and three-quarter quarters in that one, so the offense was awful. New England's defense, I thought, looked really good against Miami. They didn't win the game, but I do think that New England's defense really did a good job of rushing the passer. I thought they looked very organized with their assignments. I just think the Jets are going to be in a world of hurt for this game. I'm taking New England. It's going to be a learning experience for Wilson, but in addition to the fact that you're missing Becton, you also lost a couple of really important pieces there on the defense uh, to go through those really, really quickly because there are a decent amount of names to go through. Well, Marcus Joyner out. You have the punter out and man. Cashman's out for the Jets. I know they get Jamison Crowder back, which is important, but he's right off COVID. I'm not sure if he's going to be playing on a snap count or not, so keep that in mind. I just think Wilson's going to run for his life the entire game. And I think Mac Jones, with that system, they ran the ball well. The tight ends look good. Aguilar looked good. 
I think they have a competent offense that's good enough to score 24 points, and I don't think the Jets are going to be reaching anything, I'd say, more than 16. Double digits? Tops? Yeah. Yeah, I've got I've got the Patriots in the under there, too. Yeah. Is that what you have that as well? I have to. I'm not sure if the Jets are going to score more than one touchdown. They might not even score a touchdown. Yeah, it's certainly it's definitely possible. That's you know, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm also looking for over spots here, but um, you know, I'm an under guy. I'm that's how I'm going to lean. So, if you want to take an over, take the Patriots team total over if you think they roll. Yeah, that's no lie. Um, oh yeah, I might be able to find one here, Scott. Vikings at the Cardinals, three and a half. Cardinals are favored as the home team, and the number on this one is forty five and a half. You got? I'm going to give you a trivia question. Okay. On Sunday last week, okay. who led the league in passing yards? Who led the league in passing yards? I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. That is correct. Okay. I'm not sure if Carr beat him on Monday night, but he was leading the league at that point. It was like, if you'd have asked me before the show started, I wouldn't have got it. But It was it. the most classic Kirk Cousins performance where he had a great stat line at the end. You assume by the numbers he was unbelievable. And they lost to Cincinnati. Right. It's a perfect summary of Kirk Cousins' career. And I'm going with Arizona. There's really not much else to say. Minnesota's defense was awful against Cincinnati. I know the score wasn't that bad, but Cincinnati ran the ball well. Burrow had a ton of time in the pocket. Murray's a lunatic when he's healthy. That receiving core is really good. They don't even need to run the ball. If they just throw the ball almost every play, I think that you're going to find a bunch of holes in this Minnesota secondary. Give me Arizona. Yeah, just just have Murray drop back. If he can find somebody, great. He completed down the field for 30 yards. If he can't, just take off and run for 15. Bring in Mike Leach for a game and just call every pl- play a pass play. And if you don't have it, Murray just run around and do something. I'm sure they'll still score 30-something points. I uh, wouldn't doubt it a bit. And as far as the total goes, what do you got? I can't take the under with Minnesota's defense. I can't not, do it. Not a possibility. There's my over right there. Falcons, Bucks, Bucks, 12 and a half point favorites. 51 is the number there. Falcons team, eh, they ain't good, buddy. I was the first on the party. You were the first? You were the first to say the Falcons were bad? I'm the one who tried to carry over the preseason overreaction to Atlanta being a god-awful team in the league. And through week one, I feel pretty good about myself. It's a new trend. We're going to just start basing everything on preseason. What happens? Only when you're right. Only Yes, unless you're wrong. It's all about selective recall, but... Everything I saw about Atlanta, I watched a decent amount of that game because I had money on on Philly on the money line, and I had plus three. I actually doubled down on that one. But Atlanta did nothing right for the entire game. The offensive line got manhandled. Philly didn't even blitz that often. Just the default four guys absolutely crushed Atlanta's offensive line. The defensive line was awful for Atlanta. The secondary was awful. The red zone offense was terrible. They didn't do a single thing well for the entire game. I think Tampa's going to kill this team. You have an extra couple days. I know the injuries are there, but I think we would agree that Arians and Brady and everyone know that the offense is definitely humming right now. They need a much better defensive performance. They need a bounce back. So there is definitely something, at least a chip on the defensive shoulder in this game. I think Tampa buries this team. I think it's going to be really ugly really quickly. Yeah, I think so too. I think think that the Buccaneers just have – way too many uh, pieces for the Falcons to contend with. And the, and the fact that the Falcons can't pretend protect the passer is extremely scary because you've got, of course, 48-year-old Matt Ryan back there who is not mobile at all anymore. 
I've got the Bucks twelve and a half, and I've got the under fifty one. The under is tricky because I think that Tampa could actually score forty if they wanted to, but I don't think they're going to. I'll go with the I'll go with the under as well. I think Tampa's going to open up a big lead, pull the starters, run the ball a lot, and I see a game somewhere around thirty five to fourteen or so. Like I really don't think Atlanta's offense is any good. I'm with you. No, I think I think they're dreadful. Titans at Seahawks. Scott, one team looked really good last week. One team did not look really good. Um, the really good team is favored. Seahawks minus six and a half at home. 54 is the number here. Now, to me, this is a similar situation that you were talking about with the Vikings, where it is just really difficult not to play that, not to play that de- against that defense. This is a horrible Titans defense. Vrabel had all offseason to address it. He did nothing. Did nothing. Brought Antonio Brown in. As we found out last week, Antonio Brown cannot rush the passer. So, not much of a help there. Wait, I'm sorry. Who'd they bring in? I mean, not, not a, oh, they brought Julio, in. Oh, sorry, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. Sorry, yeah. Sorry, I was still on Tampa you Bay. You threw me off. Right, um, no. I'm, okay, cool. No, I'm... Uh, I've I've got I've I've got to play the Seahawks at home. They're going to get the twelfth man back for the first time since uh, you know 2019. So I know everybody's going to be psyched there. They don't love laying that number in a Tennessee team that shouldn't be awful. But at the end of the day, I, I think the Seahawks have enough to pull away. For this one, I'm actually going to take the points. Am I thrilled with it? No. This is probably one of the least confident sides that I actually have. I just think it's a good buy low spot on Tennessee. As you just alluded to, this team did make the playoffs the last couple of years. I don't think they're as bad as they looked in week one. And Seattle, I thought looked fine against the Colts. I just, at the end of the day, always have to question Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson being in close games for no reason at all. They can dominate the entire game, and for some reason, the game's going to come down to the wire. That's what the, usually what you get for Seattle. Wasn't the case in week one. Seattle could easily roll here, and I'd be completely wrong, but I do think that Tennessee is a little bit too good to be plus six and a half. I know week one was a terrible showing, but I'm expecting a little bit of a bounce back here. Give me Tennessee plus the points. All right. I got you down, buddy. And as far as the total goes? I can't take an under. Okay. I can't. I'm with you. I got the over 54 there as well. Your Cowboys... Heading to L.A. to take on the Chargers. Chargers, three-and-a-half-point favorites here, 55. 55 is the number, Scott. That summed up the Cowboys' entire season. Right? right? This is pretty much my quick impression of the Cowboys' season. No. No. Sorry. I, I got nothing for the Cowboys here. Well, I know earlier in the week you were tempted by Dallas, then more guys got injured, yep. and you had to reconsider. Yep. I was always on the Chargers. And yep. the reason why is because I can view a team that I root for as unbiasedly as possible. This Cowboys defense is awful with DeMarcus Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Now they're without him. They are dead to rights. I don't know how they're supposed to stop the Chargers in this matchup. Now, Herbert we know is very good. The receiving core, Keenan Allen being matched up on. It doesn't even matter who he's matched up on. He's going to have a mismatch wherever he goes. Mike Williams, good in one-on-one coverage. I think Guyton's underrated. And I am kind of curious what the status is on Eckler. I know that he hasn't really been on the injury report lately, but he did seem a bit limited because he was dealing with a hamstring issue in week one. 
kind of limited his snaps, bit of a rotation there with Roundtree. Uh, and I do wonder if Eckler is going to play more snaps. The Cowboys can't cover him. So if he does, good luck trying to guard him in the passing game. I just don't see either team getting really any stops, but the Chargers defense is a lot better than Dallas's defense. Give me the Chargers, and Dallas is just a dead over team. Um, I'm, yeah, we, we talked about that in our previews that I think until further notice that a team with a good defense like Dallas and a terrible defense, a good offense and a terrible defense has to be a dead over team. I've got the over 55 there as well. I do have the Chargers. You know, I, I just don't think you're telling me if you give me three points for the home field advantage, you tell me the Chargers are just a half point better than Dallas. No, not buying it at all. That's I'm dumb. telling you, though, this game will be close just based on the Cowboys. It's going to be a heartbreaking loss at the end. But I think the Chargers will be up by either four or six. Dak with the ball and something's going to go wrong. That's my hot take. Okay. All right. Well, good good prediction. We'll have to uh, – We'll, have we'll to go come, back to that. We'll one. have to come back and check the tape when you when you lord it over me and I tell you that I don't remember. Yeah, works for me. All right, fair enough. Uh, all right, and Scott, moving on to the Sunday night game, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to uh, take on the Baltimore Ravens out there in Baltimore in the Inner Harbor. <sighs> Scott, Chiefs four point favorites. It was three and a half. It's now gone to four. I still see some three and a halves, but there are some popping up. three and a halves out there. Who do you got here? Chiefs. Okay. It's one of these situations where, you know, the public's going to be about a hundred percent on the chiefs. And I'm assuming the sharks. It's, it's literally almost, it's got the, the tickets as, as at the Westgate as of today, I saw a tweet that said they outnumbered like 98, 20, they 28 to one. It was okay. 35 to one. And it came down to 28 to one. Um, I'm assuming you're going to get some sharp buyback right before opening kickoff because that's usually what happens in the situation. Especially if it stays at four, yeah. But I'm taking the Chiefs. This Baltimore team's just simply put, not very good. We both like the Raiders in week one because of the injury to Peters. Now you have to deal with Tyreek Hill and company. Humphreys was a little bit banged up in uh, the week one game. Humphrey played, but he did have to come out for a little bit. I'm curious if he's less than 100%. I just can't get past the fact that Baltimore's receiving core, not very good. The defense wasn't very good because Carr torched him for about 430 yards. Mm-hmm. I just think Mahomes can do whatever he wants. Mahomes will not target anyone on that team 19 times, Scott. That's, that's, my, that's my hot take. That's the thing, though, is that they couldn't even cover Waller each time, and now they got to worry about Kelsey and Hill. Right. So Kelsey, even if he gets targeted 15 times, should have a huge game. You know what? And we don't hear a lot about the other Chiefs receivers, but they've got other guys that can beat you, that know how to run those patterns. They can catch the ball. And I think Pringle needs to play more. Pr- uh, Pringle needs to get D. Rob's reps. Is D. Rob? I don't think is any good. No, and we've we've talked about that in Kansas City for a long time. That's that's in K- in KC. Like. That's not exactly a hot take. Well, of course we're always Pringle fans because he's a K State guy. So I think Hardman's uh, meh. He's fast. Kind of receiver. He's fast. Got. He's the, he's the football equivalent of got good stuff, Scott. Abysmal route running, but he's fast. He's And, you know, he, he, he put the wrong helmet on last week. He couldn't find his helmet. Nice. He went out there and returned a punt with Terry Hill's helmet on. Either way, I don't think it matters. I'm going with Kansas City. <sighs> this was a hard one for me because my gut tells me Baltimore is due to step up. But you look at the stats, Kansas City, and I know, I know you probably – watch some of the national shows, you might be aware of it, but 
Uh, Mahomes has never lost in September. He is, uh, has thrown 55 touchdown passes in September. No interceptions. What's his record against Baltimore, by the way? He is 4-0 against Lamar. So, now, one of those games, they just certainly deserved a lot to lose. And 95 times out of 100, they would have lost that game where he hit the fourth down pass running out of bounds to Tyreek Hill over the middle. But um, at the end of the day, I just can't pick against the Chiefs and Mahomes. I think there's just they have too much going for them. I could be burnt. I could be kicking myself for not taking the obvious play because for me, of all the home dogs, Scott, this is the most obvious spot. You've got a desperate Ravens team. You've got a hometown crowd. You've got a team that you know uh, you can't go down 0-2, 8% make the playoffs after starting 8-0-2. So the Ravens know they can't do it. They know the Browns are good, and all of a sudden the Steelers are good as well. Cincinnati may not be a doormat. They've got no room for error. I think a desperate Ravens team gives it a shot. But at the end of the day, I think Mahomes just does enough to do it. So I don't uh, think they're going to get blown out by 90, but I think Kansas City will win by at least seven points. And I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the under here. I, I think that... Um, well, Baltimore needs to play the under if they plan on that's, winning. That's what I'm they saying. They need to hold the ball. That's what I'm saying. They're going to they're do their best just to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands. That's... You know, and we talked about this last year, Scott. It's it's the perception in the league that the way to beat the Chiefs is to hold the ball and to keep Mahomes off the field. Now, until Tampa Bay actually executed in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, that really was not the case. The numbers don't bear it out. You the only, the way to beat Mahomes is you have a shootout. But I don't think this is a Baltimore team that's set up for a shootout. And I. Uh, the end of the day, I like the Chiefs. I like the under. I'm going to lean to the under too, but the under is pretty terrifying because I'm not sure how good the Chiefs' defense actually is. I think it's average at best, but then again, Cleveland's offense is pretty good, so I'll have to wait and see there. Baltimore's defense, I just don't think is very good uh, because of all the injuries that they've had. You can try to blitz Mahomes and it'll kill you, and you can try to play coverage and Mahomes will still kill you, so you really don't have a good answer there. It's just a really tough spot for the total, but I think Baltimore is going to struggle scoring. One twenty-three point eight passer rating against the Blitz, by the way, from Mahomes, best in NFL history. And I think that the Ravens, well, to be honest, do they really have many big play guys besides the occasional Hollywood Brown bomb? No, no, they don't. And I mean, if they get Andrews loose. You know, he can go, he can catch. He's a decent tight end. He's a top 10. But the point I'm trying to say is that I liked the under in the Colts game solely because I don't think the Colts can generate big plays. I don't think the Ravens can generate big plays. So I'm going to lean to the under as well. All right. Very solid. All right, buddy. Well, now we get to the point where you and I lay out our best pick for the week. Get ready for our 5,000-star whale play. Fade the public sharks. One million unit lock of the century. There you go. Last week, we both got off to a good start as I had the Pats Dolphins under 43 and a half. And you caught a good number on that 49ers game at seven and a half. Heartbreaking for most of America, but you did uh, have a decent number there. So we both go one and oh on the week. So, you know what? I always, uh, I always have you start as far as college goes. So I'm going to uh, 
I'll, fi I'll fire it up here, Scott. I'm going to make my play of the week the Los Angeles Rams minus three and a half. I'm going to let you give your reasoning if you want to. Ah, uh, well, I mean, we kind we 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 kind of laid it, we kind of laid it out before. It's a Colts team that's banged up. I don't like the fact that uh, I don't think they're going to be able to move the ball against this Rams defense. The Rams looked extremely good on Sunday night. I like uh, what Matt Stafford brings to this team. Um, hopefully, they can run the ball a little bit better. But if they can't, I don't even think they need to because that defense is going to do uh, a lot of business against the Colts. I think the Rams cover easily. So, for me, I was really torn between two. It was either going to be the Buccaneers minus 12.5 or the play I ended up choosing, which is going back to the New England game. And I liked the New York Jets team total under 18.5 at minus 118 on Fox Bet. We laid out the reasons before, but once again, New England only gave up 17 to Miami. I think we'd agree that Miami's offense is better than New York's. The Jets' offensive line gave up six sacks last week to Carolina. And their best offensive lineman, Makai Becton, is now out for this game. So the offensive line should be worse. New England against rookie quarterbacks with Belichick at the helm. It's a nightmare. And I'm not saying Zach Wilson's going to see ghosts like Darnold did, but it's not going to be pretty. Plus, we know the Patriots also don't exactly generate many big plays offensively. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw it to tight ends. Long, sustained drives. A really ugly game but I don't see the Jets scoring two touchdowns and kicking two field goals. I think they'll probably finish with around 10, but 18 and a half. That's a lot of scores in there. You're right. You're right. I don't, I don't hate that play one bit. And I think that's extremely solid. So good luck to you, sir. Yep. To you, sir, too. All right, guys. And that's going to do it for our NFL show. Week number two. We appreciate you listening. Appreciate you watching. And, of course, we wish you nothing but the best on all of your plays. Hope every one of those tickets in your pocket this weekend turns into cash money when you head back to the window. You guys, have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you Monday on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody. <laughs>